Hey there, we at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Blue Wire. Hello, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Fangirl Playbook on Blue Wire. I am your host, Tracy Sandler. Joined as always by my co-host Stephanie McCarroll. We will continue our deep dive into the TV show Friday Night Lights this week. Without too much sports news to report, there are discussions out there as to whether or not baseball season is in fact going to start. Is the NBA going to finish their season? I believe baseball season, I believe the Players Association is currently looking at a proposal. There is a lot in flux, but nothing concrete to tell you. So with that, we are back to our good friends in Dillon, Texas on Friday Night Lights <laughs> today. Today we are going to look at episodes two and three. Episode two entitled Eyes Wide Open and episode three entitled Wind Sprints. Steph, do you want to give us a little bit of a plot overview on the two episodes before we kind of delve into some of the specifics and issues in the show? Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, Eyes Wide Open just basically starts with the two churches. There's a white church and a black church. Both are praying for, you know, Jason Street to uh, come out of whatever um, situation he is. They they don't know at this point whether or not, you know, he's going to be paralyzed. They don't know what's going on. The team itself has been instructed not to speculate um, because there's a specialist coming in from Houston and they start at practice and Matt Sorensen, little Matt Sorensen has, you know, is QB1 and he has a very, very bad practice. <laughs> and <laughs> What I liked about it was that the coach kind of pulls him out and says, you know, I'm going to need you to work a little harder. I need you to work a little better. And he's, he's like, you need to learn this offense. Your children are going to know this offense in their DNA. <laughs> and I, I, I liked it because it's like that's how much he needed him to immerse himself into the game of football. And so and then on the other side of the field, Tim Riggs reviewed over and over and over again, the, the hit that Jason took. Um, the people in the town invite Coach's wife um, to a book club that's just a wine club. And it's really not about any the wine or the books. It's about football. So the town eats, breathes, goes to church, football, basically. And, um, you know, the one of the big things is uh, Matt gets a first string rally girl right off the bat. So I want to talk a little bit about the rally girls. We want a couple of things that I want to talk about. It's you know interesting when they open on the church because in Dillon, Texas, there are two religions, and that is you know God and football, <laughs> church and football. That's those are the things that really really matter. And the rally girls are an interesting part of the show, and you'll see that they're you know part of the show throughout the series. And Matt's rally girl essentially comes up to him and says, "I'm your first string rally girl." 
I'm here for whatever you need. Let me know what you want, Matt Saracen. It's yours. Something to that effect. <laughs> and she means that. And the rally girls help them with their homework, which is, or and by help them with their homework, I think do a lot of their homework for them. Um, and that's something that's talked about throughout, you know, throughout this show. And there's something very disturbing about a 15-year-old girl going up to a 15, 16-year-old boy and saying, I'm your rally girl, whatever you want, you can have it. And, you know, it, it's there's a lot implied there. And, yeah. you know, this, this show came out in 2006, and it's interesting because it's certainly not an indictment on the time the show came out, but on the culture. And I do wonder if it's something that would be allowed to be in the show now, but I think it's a very important part of the show to just show how much football is ingrained in this town and that everybody, these rally girls exist, everybody knows it and no one has an issue with it. And including you and I have talked before, including the girlfriends of these guys. Yeah, it's it's pretty bizarre. I mean, they have girlfriends and they have the rally girls and you know, it's, it's it's like football is the all thing, so everybody is meant to part. And that's their part, you know, for these girls is to do their homework and whatever else footballer needs. So, you know, not to judge, but this is just the culture that exists. Whether or not it is today, you know, is a question. I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting because I think in a lot of places where football is the number one thing and you hear – Athlete out and they don't know how to read or they're not really like, um, you know, well versed in how to take care of finances. It's kind of an interesting dynamic because they set them up to to basically be that way. And in in this show and in high school football generally, you know, not it's not so easy to become a great college football player and it's certainly much much more difficult to become a great NFL football player professional football player so there's so much to unpack and what and the teachers allow it and and what are we doing or what are they doing to these young men who many of them won't play football past high school and then what are they going to do yeah it's like it's their whole life, and even the way they show their rings, like it's as if like their high school ring, you know, as if it's this their top achievement ever was that they were on the football team, you know, and they they won state. So it, you know, it's interesting, and so it, you really see that, you know, that that now Matt I think has been thrown into this new life where he didn't really matter much, and then now he's got all of this, not just the his grandma is um you know dad's in Iraq and then and and then he also works so there's and then he's got to learn the, the playbook so yeah. it's um a and deal with, yeah and then deal with the rally that you know all those things so yeah apple applebee's seems like it's the the place to be <laughs> and uh, um yeah it's um basically that's where the coach gets the call that um, Jason Street has damage to his court at what C7 T1, so it shows that he's only able to use his arms and hands. And he asks about his legs. He wants to know the truth. And Doc evidence to him that he walk. He yes, he is paralyzed from the waist down, which is devastating. Obviously, most devastating to Jason. 
um, and his parents and devastating to Coach Taylor because Coach Taylor, beyond him being his coach, has a real longstanding relationship with Jason and cares about Jason. And as we see with Coach Taylor throughout the show, he really cares about these kids. And it's not just about football. And, you know, it's it's really just devastating news all the way around. And it brings back a little bit just a minute ago and that what happens if football doesn't happen what happens to these guys and we see that with Jason throughout the show um which is very interesting you have Tim you mentioned Tim watching film over and over again of that hit and it be kind of becomes clear to us we also see Tim in a bit of a downward spiral there the drinking gets worse and it becomes obvious that Tim blames himself for what happened to Jason, even though it really was not his fault. But we see that happens, and there's, I guess, more to unpack there. Um, and then beyond Jason, and we'll talk more about this, but it also changes the entire life trajectory of his girlfriend, Lila Garrity, whose whole life really revolved right. around whatever happened with Jason. So, you know, that's... That is very interesting. But continue. You were on you were on the plot and I just I took us on a tangent. <laughs> hey, um, so you know, and you know, you do start to really see like the dynamics of the coach. I mean, he basically brought Jason up and, you know, made him the quarterback that he is. And um when he gets that call, talk with talks with his wife, you know, you can really see that he's like you know, I think he says something like, God bless this boy, but without him, I'm screwed. So it's like everybody, you know, no, nobody is, you know, can do this. But his wife gives him a very good pep talk about how other person in the world is suited to do what he does. So mm -hmm. that gives him, I think, this motivation to want to help Matt Sarenson take a, take a special interest in, in him and he takes him to the field, you know, he hears him out, and he and he also sees a little bit about how Matt lives, and, you know, he knows that he, Matt did not want him to even come into his house, there was some shame there, and he's like, you know, you're going to have all these distractions, you're going to have all this stuff, you're going to have to be able to call the plays out, and he takes them in the dark, and, you know, and it's not just Matt who needs a win or the coach needs a win. You're really beginning at like the needs a win and the town needs. So I mean, and then it's like it switches and the kids are reading Bible before the game and it's like everything, you know. You know, but it was called Eyes Wide Open. Was he wanted to know if Matt had closed his eyes in that throw from the pilot? And he mm -hmm. said, no, no, my eyes, my eyes were wide open. And he said, that's what I want to hear. And that's why, you know, then that gives you chills. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, and Tracy's crying. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I cry. I mean, every episode, every, I mean, if I, the fact that I haven't cried yet in this podcast is a miracle, but I, we probably will because there's a scene in wind sprints in the rain and I'm crying just thinking about that. <laughs> that's <laughs> in that episode. Yes. In that next episode. Yeah, and so then it takes you back, you know, basically to the game, you know, because that was that Thursday night. And so Friday night takes you right to the game, which is the entitled win sprint. And, you know, Matt didn't play a bad game. Um, they just, 
he actually, you know, hits his guy deep, but the guy, guy fumbled the ball, like, I, you know, five, 10 yard line real close, you know, and he was gone. He had that. They couldn't get the run game started. They, you know, Matt runs it in, gets to the goal, but he's about an inch short and they lose the game. So it's a game they should have easily dominated um, if they would have had their star quarterback, but they didn't. And Tim's day drinking again. And, you know, Lila's still peppy as can be. She's goes to see him. You know, she's taking all these things to the hospital. Um, you know, but but a loss hurts. And, and then it keeps going into, like, how far, like, it, it, it even, like, it affects the town. There was a, there's a man, an old man, or, well, I shouldn't say old, but, 50s and he's like telling the coach's daughter who's 15 years old to get ready to pack up that's just unbelievable to me unbelievable (laughs) the whole and that he and this guy he's serious you know he shows the coach his ring (laughs) you know like this was my I mean it's like so it's like complete insanity and I think you know not lost in all of this but something that I think we can forget is I'm thinking of myself at 15, 16 years old, and this town, that team, I mean, it's amazing to me they could play the game because that's like, it's not just that they lost their starting quarterback, just everything that goes into that, the idea that he's paralyzed. Like, this is a game they play every single week, and he, his whole future was ahead of him. He was going to be the next Joe Montana, the next Tom Brady, and he's paralyzed. Um, and you know what's so funny, actually, looking back on this show, this is just a, an aside, but because it premiered in 2006, I remember telling a friend about it, saying, you know, he was going to be the next Joe Montana, and today I say the next Joe Montana, the next Tom Brady, because in 2006, Tom Brady was well on his way to becoming Tom Brady, but we didn't know quite yet, you know, so it's just right. kind of funny <laughs> what that makes. Um so anyways, that's just an aside. He was definitely well on his way. <laughs> there were Super Bowls under his belt, but it just is kind of uh, interesting. And Tom Brady's still playing, which is incredible too, but that's a whole other situation. But, I, you know, I think, and you have Tim, who this was his best friend. This is his best friend. And you talked about Lila, with, who's like Peppy McPeppykins, just completely having no realistic, she's just putting on a mask and a face to make it all better because she can't deal with the reality of what's actually going on. Um, And I think there's an interesting conversation with her parents that I think is just so interesting to highlight. And her mother is saying to Buddy, her father, who is Buddy's this great booster and he owns the car dealership in town and Dylan football is his life aside from his family in that car dealership. Um, And she's saying, you know, we need to, essentially saying like we need to snap her back to reality and we are at fault here. She had one plan and we allowed it, but now we got to, you know, we got to look at what's going on. She's like 16 years old, 17 years old and her whole life trajectory has changed and we need to really help her. And buddy doesn't really want to face it either. He's a little bit like Lila in that way. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really their entire life. And even who Buddy, who is the head booster 
if you want to call it, is constantly looking at how to make the team better. And the mothers all care about it as well. And so they help with all these things and they're raising money and they're doing pancake suppers for Jason and they're doing all these things, but it really has become their entire life. When something goes wrong such this, um, it's almost like the, the community doesn't know what to do. It's, and they're trying to get back on track. But all it comes down to is whether or not they win at football. So they're, you know, you can just see this entire dynamic. And, you know, and Lila, obviously, she's in love with the kid. And she's watching him hurt and kind of be being humiliated in the hospital. And, you know, that has to be pretty uh, intense for a 16, 17-year-old. Like, I mean, that's, that would be hard at any age. But... To be so young and go through that and that's where you thought that you know you're gonna get married this is what you're doing it, you know that's pretty that's big stuff to, to, to think through <laughs> and especially at that age um and i want to talk more about that but before we get to that there's one other thing that happens here uh mr ray voodoo tatum yeah that I believe is in wind sprints that he becomes introduced. Is that correct? It's that episode. They are, you know, they all, when you binge, they kind of meld together, but I think it's that, <laughs> I believe it is that episode. Um, is it stuff that you want to tell us about kind of what happens there? Yeah, they're doing the wind sprints and um, he's going back and forth. And, and then we see the booster um, talk to Mr. Deeds. Mr. Deeds is, basically the scouting coach. So he's being asked to go scout this Ray Voodoo Tatum. And I guess he's a displaced, um, I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's a he's the quarterback from, uh, I believe, in New Orleans, right? Or in, somewhere yeah, in Louisiana. Because of Katrina, he's displaced. So he doesn't have, like, a home. Now, this would be kind of like a, a violation, a recruiting violation. But you know, Mr. Deeds goes out there, records it, and then you you kind of see that um, Buddy basically wants to recruit this kid, and he's going to do whatever it takes to get him there, even though it's clearly against the rules. And um, that's basically where, you know, you it's taped off, and then he, he tries to talk the coach into it. He's not really sold on it. But he, he gets him to go to the hotel. And, yes, he meets him. And he does. And basically, um, he gets he says that he's basically going to do what it takes, provide housing, a job, a fund, whatever they, you know. And you can tell. And then they, well, we want him to start. And that's when the coach comes in and says, you know, hey, you know, starting positions aren't handed out in hotel rooms. They're handed out on the field. And I respected him for that. I was like, mm -hmm. yes, you know, like, you know, so basically, you know, he, you know, he's, he's telling him if you want to play here, you have to be the best and this is what it's going to take. So he lets him know that, you know, I'm not going to just give it, everything to you. So I, I really appreciated that about the coach. And he, Ray Tatum is, Voodoo is his nickname, but Ray Tatum is probably one of the highest ranked quarterbacks, high school quarterbacks in the country, I believe, right. when, we're, when we meet him. So it would be a big get for Dylan, but of course, 
Coach Taylor is somewhat, you know, he wants Matt to succeed. And and he is and he's also is concerned. And I think he can also see in Voodoo's, I don't know whether to call him Ray or Voodoo. I do kind of like the nickname Voodoo, I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, <laughs> but, but Voodoo What you say what? I say Ray Voodoo. Ray Voodoo, that's fair. I think Ray Voodoo is totally fair. But his attitude is I'm it should just, you know, I'm better and it should just be handed to me. So it's a different, it's interesting. And that will develop more over, you know, the next few episodes. So before we continue on, I want to take a quick break from our sponsor. And then we are going to be talking a little bit more about the women in this episode. They say a healthy gut means a healthy you. Favor apple cider vinegar shots bottle this feeling into the convenience of a two ounce shot. Better digestion, stronger immune system, and the lowering of blood sugar levels are just some of the benefits to shooting a daily favor shot. Their proprietary blends are raw and organic and mixed with other functional ingredients to create a better tasting experience. First time shooters can go to drinkafavor.com. All right, Steph. So there's one other thing at the end of this episode that happens um, that I would love to bring up, and I think it will lead well into the discussion about the women in this episode. Essentially, Coach Taylor takes the team out to in, in the middle of the rain to do, like, wind sprints. Um, and that's the end of this episode. That's correct, right? Again, they yeah. melt together. But, yeah, so he takes them out to do, essentially, wind sprints. It's pouring rain, and they're going up and down a hill, and it's an incredible scene because – Basically, he sees this team needs to come back together and bond, and he sees that they're hurting, and it's kind of, it's a way for them to heal, and it's it's pretty amazing. And at the end of the episode, Tim has missed practices at this point, um, but he's he is there that night. And at the end of the episode, he yes, yeah. he walked. Yeah, he walked off the field. That was a that was a big thing. He walked off the field, which was a big deal. And that's not, you know, necessarily something that is allowed and that we would be put up with. Um, so, but he's there. He goes to that practice. It's pouring rain. Everyone's getting back on the bus. And the coach says to Tim, and here we go, I'm going to cry. Um, he <laughs> says to Tim, what happened to Jason Street was not your fault. It was an accident. It was just an accident. It was not your fault. And it's a really big moment there between them. And a big moment for Tim and his Tim's punishment for walking off practice is he's going to have to walk home in the pouring rain. Yeah. And at this yeah. point, Tim has not been to the hospital to visit Jason, uh, which is pretty unacceptable for his best friend. And he's walking home in the rain and Lila's driving back from the hospital after a particularly difficult visit. And she sees Tim and she gets out of the car and she starts yelling and she really, she loses it here. Um, we've seen her these, these entire, these two episodes in episodes two and three, we've seen her just put on a happy face and it's all going to be okay. And she says to him, she says to Jason at one point, you're Jason street and I'm Lila Garrity and everything's going to work out just as we planned it. And it is not going to work out and she cannot accept it. And Jason has, and she cannot accept it. And I don't think it's a selfish thing that she can't accept that she had this whole plan for her life. I think it is like what you said. She loves him. And they did have a plan. And she, at 16 years old, cannot comprehend 
that in one hit, her boyfriend's been paralyzed from the waist down and nothing they planned is going to happen. Um, and so she gets out of the car and she starts yelling at Tim and she starts kind of just, you know, um, banging on his chest and she just loses it and falls apart as does he. And then they're kissing at the end. And so, you know, in the next morning, Jason's being moved to a new facility and she comes running in and it's very clear, obviously that something has happened between her and Tim and it's a very powerful thing. And, you know, I remember when I first watched this show, my initial reaction was like, that's terrible. I can't believe she did that. I can't believe he did that. And that, that is a reaction. But then you've got these kids that again are kids. They're 16 years old and they don't know how to process. And in Tim's case, he doesn't have anyone in his life. His older brother, Billy really does the best he can but he doesn't have anyone in his life really save coach Taylor that he can truly like talk to and probably like, he doesn't get to go home and talk to his parents about it or even talk to Billy about it in the way, you know, that you would, would want him to. And Lila's struggling big time and her mother sees the issue. Her father also doesn't want to accept it. And is the girlfriend and the best friend, they essentially like find each other. And there's a comfort in that. Um, and that will develop more over the next few episodes. But it's, you know, it's a very interesting thing that we see. And so there's that with Lila. You mentioned yeah. Tammy Taylor. <clears throat> Excuse me, went to, oh, or did you want to say something on that stuff? Sorry. I was. No, I, I, it's just a lot of emotion. And both of them are going through so much. And, uh, you know, like you said, they're young. But in my experience, people tend to make bad decisions when, you know, they're really stressed out. And yes. it's not like it's an excuse because, I, you know, I, I think that that was a bad call. However, they're young, they're stressed out, and they're dealing with adult situations here. And, um, you know, it, it, it and, and Timmy was blaming himself for what happened so you know it's kind of it that's where the self-destruction kind of happened you know and she's frustrated about what's going through her and and she got yelled at you know from yes you know Jason and Jason's like get it together nobody wants to be treated like that you know so it it, it kind of brings together this just they 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 find something in each other where they can, they don't have to pretend and they can just, you know, show their emotion and their frustration. And you're right. And I kind of, I, I glossed over that point. The reason it was a difficult visit is because Jason did yell at her and essentially was yeah. like, and I don't blame Jason either because Jason's no. going through hell, but he's, he's entitled. <laughs> he's totally entitled, but he basically says like, you know what, Lila, like this, wake up. It's over. Right. Like this, our plan is over. The dream is over. This is not it's not what it, you know, it was going to be. So, um, there was that, you know, very difficult visit. Um, so there's that, I think with Tammy Taylor, you mentioned she goes to the book wine club and she's looking for an escape and a night away. And it becomes all about football and you should tell coach to do this and you should tell coach yeah, to do that and blah, blah. <laughs> and I think this is when she also starts to, um, think about getting a job yes. something for herself, uh, which she, you know, and what she ends up doing. And uh, that's kind of a big thing and becomes a very big thing over the series because she ends up with a 
very interesting, incredible career with lots of ups and downs. But we'll get into that as time goes on. Uh, and then, of course, Tyra. And we, we haven't talked much about Tyra oh, yet, but we see Tyra. So Tim, Tyra, as the show begins, is Tim's girlfriend. And Tim, as we've discussed, is going through a downward spiral and is not treating Tyra so great as a result. I'm not sure he actually ever treated Tyra so great, but definitely <laughs> is not to you treating Tyra so great as a result. And so to get back at Tim, we see her, and this whole this whole scene is kind of incredible. We see her starting to hook up with uh, Smash Williams, who's like Tim's yeah. rival on the field at the moment. Tim hates Smash, and Smash hates Tim. So we see that, and smash's mom comes home in the middle of this and i as i mentioned last week she's one of my favorite characters and she is like oh hell no this here is not happening and there are a lot of issues at play there there's race issues at play there that his mom brings up and there is a lot and she says tyra says to her i am not trash and smash's mom doesn't quite believe her at the moment and it says a line to her, I work at Planned Parenthood, so you better know my name, which is not maybe the most nice thing to say to her um, because of what she's, what she's uh, saying. But then, you know, what's even crazier. She drives Tyra home. Does she she? I thought she made so she could. Thank you. She yeah. get in the car. We don't actually see her drive her home. But Tyra's running, coming out the thing. She, Smash's mom says that to her. They're yelling at each other, and then they get in the car, and she's going to drive Tyra home. And that, to me, in so many ways, kind of sums up this town. <laughs> like, Well, it's a close-knit town. Everybody knows everyone, and they know. And they know, she knows she's dating Tim, and she knows and enough. she knows what's going on, and she understands, and she sees, and she's – an, such an incredible character and like let me ask you this because i had a question about this please he, smash won't even get up to go get the door bring in groceries won't do any of that what do you think about that i think that smash is got a big head and smash thinks he's above it all uh and we're we're gonna see you're gonna see a lot of that change over the course of the show but it is it's a very it's a great um what's the word i'm looking for it's kind of a great this isn't the right word but summary again of this town and of who he is and he is in his mind he is like godlike and right now <laughs> and especially with jason street being injured like smash is the biggest thing this town has got he's gonna be you know He's going to be an NFL running back, and he's going to really make something of himself. So he thinks he's above it all right now. Yeah, uh, so and then you see the dynamic even between men and women. It's it's really mm -hmm. interesting. And that's it what is. I liked about, and it's kind of weird, but I liked about the coach's wife was she's ready to, like, go be a guidance counselor, you know? Yeah. And she's going to take equal footing with her husband, who – you know, they that would seem like a natural like um, juxtaposition for them as man and wife. You know, uh -huh. so because she's got to make sure that these kids, you know, have an education and have all the that's her job. And it, it's even mentioned the last guidance counselor counselor killed herself. 
So that's how important this job is and how serious people take it. And she's ready to go. And I like that she's, she's putting herself on equal ground with her husband. She is. And what is, I think also great in their marriage and their relationship is it's very clear from the get-go is there's a partnership there. And these yeah. two are partners in really everything that they do. And it's, and of course the dogs have a strong feeling about all of it because they also had to watch Friday Night Lights multiple times, but they have a partnership in, in their life, in their lives, in their marriage. And we really see that between them. So I think it'll be fun to kind of watch that develop too over uh, the course of the series. But I think you did bring up a good point with smash and that the deeper thing, you know, with men and women and you do, we just see so many different types of relationships and so many different types of issues And this town has it all. You have the Garrity's who by Dylan standards are, you know, well off. Uh, you have the right. Taylors who also, frankly, by Dylan standards, even though he's a high school football coach, he's a high school football coach in Texas. And they are certainly more financially comfortable than a lot of the people in this town. And we see all these different living arrangements, Matt taking care of his grandma, the Riggins yeah. boys figuring it out together. Um, and with no real female, like, solid, good female relationships in their lives, which I think they need. Um, and, you know, their mom is gone and they don't have, you know, anybody like that. And I think it's something they need. And, and how does that affect the way that they treat women, the way they view women? You know, I think we see a lot of that over time. I really feel like at his heart, and we'll talk more about this as the episodes go on, I think Tim Riggins is a really good person who just doesn't he's never been told how to make good decisions and the best decisions he makes, I think are based because the coach he's got coach Taylor and his brother really tries, but we'll see how that plays out over the course of the show. Um, but this yes. was, a this was, oh, these two, I'm still new on Tim. <laughs> still, yeah. I, and, and you're not, you're not alone. I think that there's a, that is something. And, you know, Chris Biederman and I have had this discussion many times about Tim Riggins. <laughs> and, um, but he, I've got a, I got a soft spot for Tim Riggins. So we'll see how that plays out. We'll keep talking about it as time goes on. But I do think these two episodes were really fascinating and especially to me from a female perspective. Uh, and I think going back to Tyra just for a little bit, I think we also see when she says to smash his mom, I'm not trash. I think we also see a little bit of a change in her where she starts to think about her life and the decisions she's making and what does she want her life to look like. And that's going to be a big part of her character arc and it's going to be a big part of the season. So it will be um, fun to watch that and continue discussing it. So I don't know, Seth, do you have anything else to say on these two episodes? I just love the show so well, much. Well, we have to say that Tyra and Rig, uh, Riggins break up at the end, yes. too. Um, they, you know, that was a little bit part. And then and then it cuts into a rally girl handing him a, a paper. And Matt dropped pre-calculus. And it's just like the beat's going on. But you can tell, like, what the priority is. It's it's football. football and in it. So it's like that continuous thing. And, you know, they're all trying to deal. And I think that that's why, um, you know, you know, I, I think that's why the coach saw that, you know, he needed to bring them together and, 
you know, whether or not they get this quarterback or not, you know, he needed all of them to stay on the same page. And, you know, so, you know, it's interesting. There's a lot going on here. And, you know, football is everything. Even um, Matt's, you know, they have the signs in front of all their houses about Mm -hmm. what position they they play and all that, which is beyond me. Like, but, like, and and when he lost that game, it was he was spray painted loser on it. So there's just so many dynamics there, and he doesn't want his grandmother to see. No, he's not. But it's like it's just this like there's just this um, you know, just this like standard and this of what they have to be, and and they're such they're so young and they have so much on their plate already, and it, it's just it's it's crazy to think that that you'd have to be dealing with bullying on. So, you know, I just, it's something else. I mean, it's just something else. <laughs> it, is, it is something else. Uh, and it's it's going to become even more and more. So we will be back next week. But before we go, we have to do Fangirl Says Who's Hot, Who's Not, Friday Night Lights Edition. Uh, so I am going to go, my who's hot is going to have to be Coach Eric Taylor. Uh, that scene in the rain with him bringing those kids together. And no one does tough love as well as coach Eric Taylor, at least not on television. And he really knows, he knows how to turn it on. He knows how to turn it off. We saw him do it with Matt when he takes him to the empty field and he has the lights turned on and the crowd noise. And he starts, you know, drilling him and it's pretty great. So he's going to get my who's hot. And I think my who's not, is going to actually be whoever spray-painted loser on Matt Saracen's <laughs> Who does that uh, on the dishes? Yeah. so awful. So there's that. How about you, Steph? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm going with Coach's wife. She's on 12 committees. She's making 200 Rice Krispies. <laughs> she works. She's, you know, talking to these kids. Uh, she's my who's hot. I think she's awesome. And I think she really kind of holds things together for me because I'm like, this place is crazy and so I don't know she kind of has that that voice of reason and I really appreciate her as a character the who's not hot is the man in the restaurant with the ring who says that the coach is pissing away the season to the daughter I just think he needs to get a life agreed 100 percent and with that we will be back next week i think next week will be episodes maybe steph should we say four five and six let's do it four five and all six. right four five and six you guys so watch along and we will talk to you next week literally can't wait clear eyes full hearts can't lose bye everybody bye <laughs>